This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, August 25th, 2017. I'm Caleb Brown. Karl Popper once argued that tolerance can be washed away by intolerance, all because the tolerant were, well, too tolerant. Cato Research Fellow Jason Kuznicki discusses how to think about the paradox of tolerance. I want to be a tolerant person. I want other people to be tolerant. You want to be tolerant. We all want to be accepting of things that are uh, different. And we want to uh, even, you know, it's a matter of pride, I think, for uh, libertarians especially to tolerate the existence of things that they personally find uh, repugnant. So what does Karl Popper have to say about tolerance? And uh, how have his words been used? Well, Popper was a classical liberal and was broadly supportive of tolerance. But he did note one sort of complication, which he called the paradox of tolerance. And he said that – I'm going to quote here from The Open Society and its enemies. He said, unlimited tolerance must lead to the disappearance of tolerance. If we extend unlimited tolerance even to those who are intolerant, if we are not prepared to defend a tolerant society against the onslaught of the intolerant, then the tolerant will be destroyed and toleration with them. Now, this has been used in a lot of uh, not necessarily helpful ways. All right. It seems obvious that the idea would be that uh, we aren't – tolerance is a luxury that we often don't have. Yes. Uh, Now, what Popper was talking about here was not uh, tolerance of intolerant ideas. What he's talking about is intolerant ideas that lead directly to intolerant actions. So it's not merely if I were to preach that, uh, say, whites were the superior race. That's, That's not something that he would suppress. If I were to preach that we should go out and beat up or kill people of other races, uh, that's also not something he would necessarily suppress. But if my followers were out actively harming people, that is where he would say, now we must stop being tolerant. And that way of putting it, you know, to my mind at least, is is not a problem. Libertarians aren't supposed to have a problem with the use of force against those who have initiated force. So uh, so I, I don't see a problem with this so-called paradox of tolerance. Where do we go from here in terms of drawing that nice line between the things that we ought to tolerate as moral people and the things that we ought not to tolerate for fear of destroying tolerance itself? Well, uh, there are there are a lot of examples from the real world we can talk about. Uh, one that I find helpful is that in Rwanda during the genocide, there were radio announcers who uh, who preached ethnic hatred, but they went further than that and they said, they said, now is the time to go out and start killing, and. They coordinated actions all across the country that led to the deaths of hundreds of thousands of people. And this is something that uh, while they weren't weren't actively participating in the stabbing themselves, they were they were still 
accessories to the genocide in that they coordinated it and they incited people to actually commit these these violent acts. And I, I have no trouble at all with saying that they were criminals. This is something that 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 seems entirely clear cut to me that this is this is one very clear example where this is not the freedom of speech anymore. This is inciting violent action. Okay, so one line is incitement. Are there other lo- other other lines? And this is something that's that's recognized in recognized in in you know, American law as well that incitement to imminent lawless action is different from and not protected by the First Amendment protections on speech. So to what extent then are uh, things that fall just short of that, that is to say pointing out that certain uh, racial groups or certain ideological groups or uh, individuals by name are bad people, uh, that they should be shunned, that they should be uh, removed from society in a way? Uh, you know, where is, is there a should we draw that line between incitement or how can we draw the line between those kinds of uh, inflammatory uh, words and actual incitement? Well, uh, Popper does give us some guidance here that I, I think is helpful. He writes, I do not imply, for instance, that we should always suppress the utterance of intolerant philosophies. As long as we can counter them by rational argument and keep them in check by public opinion, suppression would certainly be most unwise. But we should claim the right to suppress them if necessary even by force, for it may easily turn out that they are not prepared to meet us on the level of rational argument but begin by denouncing all argument. They may forbid their followers to listen to rational argument because it is deceptive and teach them to answer all arguments by the use of their fists or pistols. So if a movement were actively suppressing free expression itself, that is a movement that puts itself outside the law. So uh, a movement that uh, say shuts down newspapers or uh, radio stations or that uh, attacks free speech on the internet, these are these – are, uh, actions that can rightfully be regarded as criminal. If they, if they simply say, oh, well, I don't think you should say that, that's a different matter. Uh, people, people can always say, well, I don't think you should say that. I, I say that about a lot of things that I, I read or hear every day anyway. So in the uh, struggle here, there were lots of uh, – or I should say a few uh, – self-described neo-Nazis, white nationalists, white supremacists, whatever uh, uh, distinction they want to make about themselves, battling, you know, earnest protesters and some people who are associated with Antifa. And if I understand some of the leadership of Antifa, uh, their claims uh, well, then they say we need to shut down recruitment on behalf of these people who are so closely associated with fascism. And shutting them down in some cases means uh, beating up a guy on a street corner. Well, that's not how I would shut down recruitment. If you uh, if you want to see a really effective way to shut down recruitment, just uh, think of the uh, guy who was 
dressed in a Confederate uniform, carrying a Confederate flag and this woman in his face, you know, flipping him two middle fingers and, uh, and all of the memes that came out of that and, and how, uh, how foolish the guy looked and how uh, he became an object of scorn and derision, which I would say is, is justified. Um, you know, that's, that's how I would shut down recruitment, you know, make, make them look foolish. Uh, don't, uh, don't make them look like martyrs because that actually aids in recruitment, I would say. All right. So what about the right of free association? It's something that, uh, libertarians celebrate. It's something that, uh, the law seems to recognize less and less in important ways. How does the right of free association, uh, help us be tolerant without, being compelled to uh, associate with people that whose v- views we do find abhorrent. Well, the right of association is uh, is a uh, two-edged sword. It it implies the right to associate, but also the right to disassociate oneself. To say there are things I will not stand for. There are groups I will not be a part of. And uh, let me well, let me tell you about a few of them. These are these are groups that I want nothing to do with. So. Uh, we ought to ought to recognize that that's uh, a key defense for people who would like to preserve an open and liberal society, uh, and at the same time, at the same time, not be a part of uh, perhaps the types of movements that they that they disagree with. Where do you see some of the risks of uh, tolerance being wiped out, either through? In some some cases, perhaps some sort of compelled tolerance, or uh, in other cases, people simply resorting to violence when words will do. Well, this is this is one of the uses that the far right has made of of Karl Popper's words. They'll say things like, "You see, even the tolerant society must be intolerant," and we told you so. And they are hypocrites in their toleration. We, on the other hand, are openly and unapologetically intolerant of, say, racial minorities. And given that everyone must be intolerant, at least we're not dishonest about it. Now, this, to my way of thinking, is a a very bad misreading of Popper and a <laughs> a really uh, sort of a, a silly misuse of his words, but it is one that it is one that you will see. Aha, even tolerance is intolerant. And it's also uh, interesting that uh, it places hypocrisy as a worse crime than tolerance. Yes, and that's uh, that's a uh, that's a really uh, strange move to make because, uh, to some degree, I think no one is no one is perfectly consistent. So, uh, if anything, hypocrisy ought to have a somewhat lesser place on our our uh, scale of of uh, sins or evils or what have you. But uh, also, also, uh, what's at stake here is is not necessarily perfect consistency, but rather the rank order that we give to different ways of defending ourselves. A classical liberal, one who supports an open and tolerant society, will choose as a first line of defense things like rational argument and persuasion and open debate and uh, a, a free exchange in the marketplace of ideas. This is always our first resort. And usually that's enough. Usually that's enough that uh, 
people are are convinced that this is the way to do things and this is how civilized people actually do uh, settle disagreements or 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 uh, how civilized people hold their opinions and it's only when that has failed and when it has failed by people resorting to violence that defensive violence or defensive coercion against that becomes a justified response. Jason Kuznicki is editor of Cato Unbound. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast on iTunes and Google Play and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. 